0: live from the mattress peddler studio it's mike bradley and the wgmd morning team it's the red maryland segment with greg klein covering all things political in the old line state here on 927 wgmd wgmd.com and the wgmd app
1: all right it's 750 and greg joins us on the backyard works newsmaker line this morning greg good morning sir welcome back Good morning, thanks for having me again you got it all right so yesterday we learned that former Baltimore delegate Cheryl Glenn pleading guilty to federal corruption charges
0: yeah absolutely she basically admitted everything that was in the indictment that we talked about back in uh, June I think it was or a couple months ago um, or w- when that came came to light um it's it was a very simple proceeding as entering a guilty plea is there's a lot of details we don't know for instance whether she is cooperating with federal authorities. A lot was made of the fact that she kind of hugged the FBI agents who'd investigated her uh, when they came out of the courthouse, um, which may or may not be indicative. We'll find out eventually if she is cooperating, she'd be smart if she was because she could get a reduction in her sentence as a result of that. So when she provides that cooperation, uh, if we see other indictments or testimony that she gives, um, or and ultimately when she's sentenced, we'll see. But um, she absolutely pled guilty. And essentially, the document that was put before the court and as part of the plea agreement, she admitted everything that was in the indictment. She just took cash bribes um, for favors to folks, particularly with regard to this medical marijuana regime. So um, – We'll, we'll see ultimately when and, and how she's sentenced and whether she's going to tell the feds where some of the other bodies are buried. But uh, pretty stark admission in court yesterday.
1: Yes, we'll see if she sings like a canary or not. And we'll see if Democrats uh, get behind Governor Hogan's uh, accountability legislation and ethics reform. I doubt it. But uh, <laughs> when a story well, like that they, comes out, they ought to.
0: Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, it, what she was doing was already illegal. So, well, well, that's, that's true. Yes. Go. yes, I mean you know, <laughs> that's very I, I, true. <laughs> I think I think what's more, what I think more, and, and, and I'm certainly in favor of more accountability and more transparency. And some of the Democrats are talking about that too. But the reality is her stark admission of what was going on, uh, and it's, it was going on for years. And if she rolls over and others who are doing similar things, it's an admission that there is, and I know it's a trite phrase, but there is a culture of corruption right. in Annapolis. Um, where, you know, you've got legislators just taking envelopes full of cash – yeah, and uh, that's something that's that goes a heck of a lot deeper than just passing a new law that's going to fix. Yeah,
1: well, with one party rule, that's not surprising. And your SAT word of the day, bereft. The legislature is bereft of ethics and morals. That is for sure. And uh, Cheryl Glenn, just another example of that. Uh, let me ask you about the seventh congressional district. We talked about this before. This is, of course, the seat of the former congressman Elijah Cummings. Are you surprised that there are eight Republicans vying for the party's nomination in that district? Which which is outnumbered four to one Democrats to Republicans. And did that come up at all during the uh, Maryland or excuse me, Maryland conference you had recently?
0: Uh, we, we didn't talk a lot about that particular race. But for, first off, I'm not surprised by the number. Uh, I think if you look at District two, we just had a couple kind of high profile filings in that in that district as well, where we already had a couple of. You know, Senator uh, Johnny Salling was running there, and I think Delegate in filed a run there yesterday against Dutch Ruppersberger. Um, I'm not surprised by the number. Most of the people running in the 7th Congressional District are, you know, uh, perennial candidates. There's a couple who are members of local central committees. None of them are, you know, uh, high-level elected officials or have any sort of real uh, electoral track record uh, to run on, which is kind of in stark contrast to what we see with the Democrats. So I'm not surprised. Mike, we've been covering elections for a long time. There's something about running for Congress that people come out of the ward look, yeah. file to run for Congress. <laughs> I wish I knew what it was, but... I'm, I'm never surprised by the numbers or the types of people who run for Congress. Well,
1: they're eager to get to the swamp in D.C. It's a power thing, no question, at the federal level. And they see that. And you're right. They do come out and they uh, they prowl. Uh, we shall see what happens. I'm going to get back to that in just a second with another story that's somewhat related to that. Uh, it, Rob's had the news this morning uh, that uh, Lieutenant Governor Boyd Rutherford will lead an economic development trade mission to the United Arab Emirates and Israel uh, January 24th through the February excuse me through february 2nd with engagements in dubai and tel aviv the lieutenant governor's mission will focus on promoting maryland's global reputation as a leader in the healthcare and cybersecurity industries
0: yeah look this is this is just part of what the hogan administration's been doing throughout to promote uh trade and industry and and private sector job growth here in maryland uh it's not the first time the lieutenant governor has done something like this but right. it's always noteworthy that In the second term, he's been doing a lot more high-profile stuff like this, and um, that shouldn't be lost on anybody. No,
1: But he was in Israel during his first term, for that matter. I remember he was there for, I believe three weeks,
0: I believe. Yeah, no, you're right. And the governor, I think the governor's uh, gone to that part of the world as well. Of course, he went to Australia this summer, we remember, this fall. Right. Uh, Well, that was part of the National Governors Association. Right, right, right. So both the governor and lieutenant governor have traveled. Obviously, during session, it's a little tougher for the governor to get away. So that makes sense. But again, it's a high profile thing. The lieutenant governor is going on and it's part of the governor's effort. Just like his tax stuff. I know you were talking about with the senator earlier in the hour. You know, a, a centerpiece of the Hogan administration is expanding job growth and economic growth, particularly in the private sector. And these trade missions are a part of doing that.
1: Uh, Greg, we got a press release yesterday from Comptroller Peter Franchot, who offered his support for bipartisan legislation that aims to alter how vacant seats in the General Assembly are filled. Uh, A testimony submitted to the Senate Education, Health and Environmental Affairs Committee in advance of yesterday's hearing on Senate Bill 10. Uh, He said it is a step in the right direction to give voters more of a say in choosing legislators who represent them in Annapolis. He does not like the current system. So essentially, like in Cheryl Glenn's case, if somebody should end up having to step down from office or if they pass away, as is the case, although at the federal level with uh, Elijah Cummings, Congressman Cummings, for that matter, he I take it this legislation, based on what he's saying, essentially takes the role of the uh, party central committee out of it to produce at least a name or a list of names to the governor who then chooses their temporary replacement.
0: Yeah, the way it works now is, let's say, um, it, we're we're three years away from the 2022 election. So uh, Cheryl Glenn's a good example. Cheryl Glenn leaves office. Uh, her replacement is selected by the governor based upon lists from the local party central committees of the party that she was a member of. So if it's one county central committee, they give a name to the governor and the governor chooses that or a list of a couple of names and the governor chooses. Um, and that person... Uh, stays there for the remainder of the term. The legislation that's being proposed, it has pretty wide bipartisan support, by the way. You've got very conservative uh, state senator, Senator Mike Huff, who's supporting this. You've got very liberal uh, delegates, delegate uh, Moon, who's supporting this. And of course, you mentioned the comptroller. Uh, the way I understand this bill is, uh, in that scenario, you still have the governor fill, put somebody in to fill the seat. But at the the presidential election you're the halfway through that term right correct. you have a special you would have a you would have a special election to fill the remaining two years of that seat right so you're not talking about a special specially scheduled election so it's not necessarily any more cost of the taxpayers but at least the last two years of a term when there's a vacancy in the first part would be filled by someone who was actually elected i, I kind of think it's a good idea we've been you know, we've we've seen uh, and we've talked a lot at Red Maryland about uh, central committees filling vacancies, both Republicans and Democrats over the years. Uh, there's no perfect way to do it. It's it's a very flawed and, and insular system. And uh, I think this is this is a good kind of good government kind of proposal, which is why it's got uh, pretty wide support. We'll see if it passes Um, because I think Democrats particularly who have some control over their local central committees like keeping that, but we'll see what happens. But central committees are voted on as well, are they not? Well, here's the thing. Yes, central committees are elected uh, by the voters of that party. But what we know, and this is true for Democrats and Republicans, uh, there's a surprising number of those folks who are elected who don't fill out their own four-year term. So there are a lot of central committee members... Uh, at this point in the cycle who have been appointed to replace people who've left. That's a very common thing. So there's a lot of people who are making these decisions who weren't ultimately elected by the voters.
1: Greg, before we let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to promote what's at RedMaryland.com right now. I see that you've got uh, two really good pieces, one on tax hikes or a
0: backdoor tax hike and the other on guns. Yeah, a couple of great pieces Brian Griffiths has, has put up for us, one on Eric Ludkey's efforts to kind of pass a backdoor tax. Uh, you, you're going to want to check that out, a lot of detail there. Uh, and, of course, a very popular piece, we're talking about guns, what's going on in Virginia, a lot of gun bills coming here in Maryland as well. Um, the Firearm Safety Act that was passed under the O'Malley administration uh hasn't helped solve the problem in fact it's gotten a lot worse and we've got the you, don't facts there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say you don't say it's a story we wrote a couple years ago but we've updated and it's getting worse so it's it's an important fact that people are going to want to have handy and share with others as we go into these debates particularly with this long gun registration
1: excellent great thank you as always great job i know we have plenty more to get to as the uh, weeks continue here and we may have you back for a, a special segment as well uh, to try to play a little catch up but have yourself a great one. We'll talk next Thursday.
0: Thanks for having me. Take care. You
1: got it. Appreciate it. Don't forget RedMaryland.com, RedMaryland on Facebook and Twitter. It's 8 o'clock. News is next.